wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rose, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all, the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is... And all my magnificent, you're gonna be mine all night long. Here's Jonathan Hood. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. My name is Jonathan Hood. You can follow our wrestling show on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT for. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, we're going to open up the old TWT mailbox on this edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. i got five things we're looking forward to for professional wrestling in 2021 and so much more. I need you to do me a favor. Two things. One, I want you to check out my show with David Kaplan, Cap and J-Hood, mornings on the ESPN Chicago app and also locally in Chicago on ESPN 1000. We air 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time. So if you are a sports fan, Chicago sports fan, everything else in between, check out 7 to 10 a.m. My show with David Kaplan, the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show. And you can download that on the ESPN Chicago app. Speaking of the ESPN Chicago app, you can find this podcast, this show, on the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, you can do that as well. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. You're right in wherever you're listening. Thanks so much for supporting the show. And speaking of support, I need you to support this show by sharing this show with other wrestling fans. It's one thing for you and I to enjoy going back and forth talking about wrestling. But my hope is is that in 2021, I can get you to share this podcast with others to let people know about Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Uh, we put a lot of content in on this show. I was looking back and scrolling through all the things we went through with 2020, all the specials we did because we lost so many great wrestlers in 2020 because during the COVID-19 era. Um, so much stuff that's going on. And um, I hope that you get a chance to share this podcast and let people know that I'm talking wrestling, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, wherever you download your podcast. All right, let's start with this, because uh, I, I want to talk to you about this. I was thinking about something with the current group of terrific wrestlers in the WWE. Off the top of my head, I was thinking about wrestlers like Braun Strowman and Drew Gulak and Samoa Joe, who is doing color on Monday Night Raw, of uh, Ricochet, Naomi, uh, Ali... Elias, I was thinking about Cesaro and Rhea Ripley, Angel Garza, is a you know Chad Gable. There's a number of wrestlers that I was thinking about coming into this podcast because there's some veterans and there's some young wrestlers that need the opportunity to show what they can do, but they're not allowed to show what they can do because. It's Royal Rumble season, and it's WrestleMania season. WrestleMania, pal! It's Royal Rumble, and then into WrestleMania. Those are the tentpole events for Vince McMahon's WWE. I just don't understand why 
the WWE continues to not switch things up. They just have a pattern of things they do. Like, if it's Royal Rumble season, that means the legends come out, right? Legends like Mark Henry and legends like Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Sergeant Slaughter and Hulk Hogan. Uh, Legends like Ric Flair and Tatanka. And, of course, Goldberg. Yes, the legends come out. Even though... This company has well over 200 wrestlers in the locker room or locker rooms at some point. They have plenty, right? But no, they roll out the legends. You know why? Because they love the idea when Ric Flair and or Hulk Hogan is on their TV that appeases the 50-year-olds or older. The legends. Now, you might have living legends in your locker room, but you can never tell with this company. Because at some point, we're going to see Goldberg roll out there again against Drew McIntyre. When the Legends came out a few weeks ago, you saw Goldberg take the ring. I'm like, how come Goldberg's not standing next to Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair? No, 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 no. Goldberg's got to be out there because he feels like he can take on Drew McIntyre and win a championship. I want to tell you how ass-backwards this is. I want you to think about this. Do you ever see on your social media from time to time, on your Twitter, go to YouTube, whatever. There are people posting memories of the Attitude Era or memories of WCW or ECW. Attitude Era, the peak of it could have been 1997, 1998, and WCW with the NWO and Goldberg and the Luchadors and all the things that came with WCW under Eric Bischoff, right? So we'll start at 1997. We'll just use this as an example, right? I want you to think about the Attitude Era. And I want you to think about Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker and The Rock. And I want you to think about the New Age Outlaws and so many great wrestlers for that time. Because under Vince McMahon, Vince Russo, Jim Ross, all those guys that were running the company at the time, they wanted to make sure that there's a number of wrestlers that got over, especially the main event spots, right? Kane. Big Show, all those wrestlers. It was really a great time in the business. You think about the Attitude Era, you think about WCW, ECW, it was fun to watch because you saw wrestlers across the landscape on cable television getting over. We saw huge numbers, huge numbers for the WWE and for WCW at the time. So 1997, I want to go back 20 years before that. Right? 1997 minus 20 is 1977. Would it make sense for Stone Cold Steve Austin on top as the WWE champion to take on Larry Zabisco? Would it make sense for Shawn Michaels to take on Ivan Putsky for the championship? Would it make sense for a wrestler like Bret the Hitman Hart to take on Nikolai Volkov? for the WWE Championship? Would it make sense for The Undertaker to take on Mil Mascaris for the championship? Would that make any sense? See, what I'm saying is, is that the WWE is borrowing from 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, to be able to entertain fans from 2021. Would it make any sense for Larry Zbyszko to come in 
and say, Stone Cold, it's my time for the championship. You know, I retired Bruno, so now I want my championship. Would that fit Larry Zabisco 25 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it is, to take on Stone Cold Steve Austin? Does it make sense for Goldberg to take on Drew McIntyre in 2021? It does not. Does it make sense for Ric Flair to be humiliated on television? Does it make sense for Hulk Hogan to be set aside and for Randy Orton to go from person to person to humiliate them? As if Randy Orton is not over enough. We already went to the legend killer thing. But it's just it is amazing to me that Goldberg, I don't care what kind of shape he's in, can be able to step in and supplant a bunch of wrestlers like the wrestlers I mentioned and so many others that deserve the opportunity to be in the spotlight that he can step in and be able to be that guy. Now, here's the thing. Here's what's funny about wrestling in 2021. They got an ass backwards. There was a time when I watched wrestling where I was mad at the talent. I was mad at the bad guy because he got over on the good guy that I was rooting for. I was firmly invested in some wrestlers, and so I was mad at the bad guys for getting over on the good guys, or mad because my guy couldn't get over and couldn't be the champion. And I said, you know what, next week he's going to get it done, or next time I go to the arena, he's going to get it done. That doesn't seem like that so far ago or long ago. It doesn't seem like that at all to me. But I just want you to understand how ridiculous it is for talent from years ago to be able to be relevant today in 2021. Not for a video game, not for money, because there's no money on the line. The Royal Rumble, is nobody going to be there. Just the idea that Vince McMahon trusts wrestlers from years ago on all throughout his TV than the actual wrestlers that is on his roster today. It is the equivalent of Steve Austin being the champion, and here comes Billy Graham out of the wheelchair saying, I want my title shot. I was on top in 1977, 20 years ago, so where's my championship? It's the same thing as Goldberg. Goldberg was over at WCW, and so Goldberg's like, wait, <laughs> wait, I'm still relevant. I took on The Undertaker and embarrassed myself in Abu Dhabi or wherever the hell they were, right? It, it is amazing to me. Why this continues to be a thing. You have potential stars or stars that you can make. Keep in mind, keep in mind, during this COVID-19, during this pandemic where we had no fans, Vince McMahon could have been able to take this time to experiment and find out who could, who can get over. Now, it's hard to be able to determine based on today's TV numbers, digital numbers, and no fans. But you have a staff back there that said, could say, you know what, this Ali, that could be the next guy. Uh, you know, this Ricochet, you know, he's instead of burying him every week, you could actually put him in a spot. Yeah, I don't know, this Strowman, you know, we, we, we buried him early. He's the new big show, but we could turn this character around. Boy, I tell you what, there's no Becky Lynch and there's no Charlotte Flair. What an opportunity to put Rhea Ripley on the main roster to see what she could do as the top draw or the, the top woman in the company, along with Sasha Banks, along with, you know, with Bailey, but put Rhea Ripley in that spot and see what happens. They won't even do that. I think that that is amazing. It's amazing. So I just want you to, just in perspective, think about 
the wrestlers that we continue to see on Monday Night Raw, those wrestlers from the past, from the Monday Night Wars that was years ago, and they're still trying to make an impact on 2021 television for the WWE. Goldberg? I don't want to see that guy on my TV. I don't want to see him against The Undertaker. I didn't want to see him at all. But yet he has the opportunity because he's Goldberg. And that's the same difference as, you know, Steve Austin's on top as a champion. But I really believe his matchup against Ivan Koloff, because Koloff used to be champion in 1977, that works. It's the same difference. So ridiculous. Let me get to five things I'm looking forward to to 2021. Because it's been really weird, as you well know, during this pandemic. It's been very strange. We are seeing wrestling... Across the board with no fans. I watch Impact Wrestling, it looks sad. I watch AEW, and there's some fans at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, which is cool. I I watch the WWE, and they do the best they can with the videos and like the, the, the TV screens they got there with fans there. You're getting in, zoomed in to watch the show, but it's just not the same. So my hope is, is that in 2021, we will get a chance to be able to go to the arenas again, go to these places to be able to watch wrestling. One of the things I'm looking forward to is seeing WrestleMania two-night event in Tampa. It was announced that WrestleMania will be in Tampa, a two-night event, and after that, the next year is going to be Dallas at Jerry World, and then after that, it's going to be uh, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. So they've got their three-year rollout plan ready to go for WrestleMania, which is great. And because it's Florida, I know that there's going to be fans at Raymond James Stadium. Now, how many fans? I don't know. But I know that there's going to be fans that will be in attendance to see WrestleMania. And I'm sure that the wrestlers will be happy to be able to perform in front of people. Uh, This has been quite the test for everybody that is a wrestling fan to watch what's happening with this company with no fans. It's got to be strange. AEW has been able to get by with a f- very few fans, but um, this will be interesting to see how WrestleMania materializes pretty soon. Uh, I'm looking for AEW and their dr- growth. I want to see how they grow. I'm going to talk a little bit more about AEW in just a moment, but I'm looking forward to their growth. I'm looking forward to seeing Roman Reigns as the Universal Champion, and I-, I think it is strange to say but when I watch Roman Reigns, wrestling fans, I, I almost think that this was written by someone else, this character. Like, this is closest to who Roman Reigns really is as far as a heel. You hear the stories of the last two or three years of agents, producers coming up to Roman and saying, you know, you're really a heel, but they're not letting you run with it. And he goes, yeah, I know. I know I'm a heel. And so this character is so rare and so different from the what we see in the WWE. It makes me think that it's someone else that came up with this idea. It makes me think that Vince McMahon's not even in the building every time Roman Reigns is there. Because it's so strange. It's so different, right? Their verbiage is different. His reaction to things is just completely different. And I enjoy it a lot. Um, watching Roman Reigns is the best Roman Reigns that we've seen. Uh, my hope also is that we'll be able to see baby faces in 2021. 
I don't care what Cody Rhodes says, or I don't care what the WWE says, or any other company. If, if, I'll say this. If you are a smaller company, if you're an independent company, do not go by the formula of AEW and the WWE in the belief that there is no baby faces or heels. That's just bullshit. Of course there are. Of course, every movie that you watch, every TV show that you watch, uh, whether it is um, a game that you're watching and you are steadfast against a team, you're totally against a team, there's always good and evil in people's eyes. And so to think that the whole world is uh, shades of gray is just nonsense. It just is. It's nonsense. So I hope that if you are a wrestling company, no, no matter if you're big or small, that you don't look at AEW and WWE as the example like, well, you know, they don't have baby faces or heels. No. The problem with the big two is that there are not enough people for you to root for. You just don't sit on your ass and just watch like it's a movie and have no emotion. Look, you can have emotion on the smallest things, the biggest things on a movie or a television show. But the way the shows are written, it's like, oh, don't have any emotion because there's no baby face or heel. We just leave it up to the fans. Okay, so don't leave it up to us. You are presenting a show to put us on a journey. A journey. And so it's lazy to just say, well, I'm a bad guy because, you know, heels have more fun. Well, you know what? I'm a bad guy, too. Or I'm a bad girl. And you know what? I'm a bad girl, too. So we'll just go out there and wrestle and just see what happens. You can't do that. In 2021, it has to, you have to establish who you are. That's not passe wrestling. That's just common sense and good TV to have someone that you like and someone that you don't like. <laughs> I just uh, I, I always go back to the Dutch Mantel thing that Vince Russo, Vince Russo was writing for WCW at the time. And Vince Russo said, I don't understand, bro. Bro, I don't understand. What's this baby face and heel thing? I don't get it. Now, Vince Russo is supposed to be a wrestling fan from back in the day, going to, game, going to wrestling matches at Madison Square Garden. He goes, bro, I don't understand this baby face and heel thing. And Dutch Mantel says, oh, I've got a book for you if you want to understand what baby faces and heels are in wrestling. And Vince Russo said, what's that? And Dutch Mantel said, the Bible. Look it up sometime, and then walked out of the room. I mean, seriously, it it's just that simple. You have to be able to have that to be able to tell a story. So I I don't know, but what do I know? SmackDown drew the second largest crowd, the second largest audience um, that they've had for over the last month plus or so. So I guess the way they're doing things is fine. I just know to tell a better story, you've got to be able to differentiate who's good and who's bad. And I'm rooting also for Impact Wrestling and MLW and the NWA, Ring of Honor, other indie promotions as well. You know why? Because it's about growth and it's about trying to find stars. Stars, not just wrestlers. To find stars. Who are the next stars? Do the next star, does the next star in wrestling have to come from the WWE or AEW? I don't think it has to. But you, I want to see stars. Does it come from New Japan? Does it come from MLW? Does it come from Impact Wrestling? I don't know. But I want to see established new stars. I don't mean Kenny Omega. That's not what I mean. 
And I, I don't mean like Drew McIntyre. I don't mean the wrestler. I'm talking about fresh new faces that have, are becoming stars or are stars. I want to see who that's going to be in 2021. Not just those that we've been seeing for a long time, but something new, something fresh. Because wrestling can really use that. Let me get to the mailbox. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Let's go to the mailbox, see what we have here. Eric Collins says, Will we see attendance back in the arena's 50% capacity or more in 2021? Well... I would say that uh, depending on the area, yeah, we will. Uh, as the we get to this pandemic and we see 24.2 million cases of COVID-19, U.S. surpassing 400,000 COVID deaths, and we know the vaccine is out. I don't know how fast the vaccine can get around to everyone if they want to be able to take that. But I would imagine, Eric, that in some places... You know, Florida's open for business. Texas is open for business. I would say that in some areas, yeah, I think we will get to 50% capacity or more uh, in some of these areas. Uh, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles might be a different story. David Hogan's asked this question. David says, do you see The Miz successfully cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase? Uh, says that he is a uh, Miz fan. Um says that, is there a more reliable performer in wrestling than Miz? Never gets hurt and is a great front man for the company. Um, No, I don't think that he's going to cash in. I think it's a threat. Um, I don't think that he's going to cash in at that time. If he does, he's not going to win uh, the championship. Miz is a WWE Hall of Famer because he is the perfect sports entertainer. Never having to be able to travel in Japan or other companies to try to prove what he could do. He, he, just like John Cena, uh, I think that The Miz is perfect for what he's done in the WWE. He's been able to cash in his uh, career, has been able to do some movies and, and parlay his wrestling career into what he does on the big screen. A TV show on USA, starting a family. So for the WWE, he's, that's who he is. He's a sports entertainer. Uh, sure, he never gets hurt because he didn't work that hard. <laughs> That's the reason why Miz finds himself in, in great shape because he didn't do much. Uh, he, I think he learned that at an early lesson. Like, I don't have to do 750 different moves. I can just be able to do just what I do and get out of there, either as a tag team with Morrison or as a single. So for what, um, for what the Miz does, it's perfect for the WWE. Um, David also says, what is your opinion of Charlotte Flair? She is constantly being labeled the greatest women's wrestler of all time. This label is way too strong in my opinion. It feels like she's always needs to carry a title to keep her character relevant. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I never hear that. I never hear that Charlotte's the greatest women's wrestler of all time because the fabulous Mula is. Mula's the greatest women's wrestler of all time. And I think that in this era... With the women's movement in wrestling, with Sasha Banks and with Bailey and with Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch when she returns, you know, there's a renaissance for wrestling and for women in wrestling for sure. Uh, women used to just be just an attraction on the card, just like little people. They called them midges at the time or black wrestlers. 
that was just they were just attractions. They were not in the main event. They were in the middle of the card or jerking the curtain, but they were not at the uh, top of the card. So Charlotte Flair, you know, it, it, this is the era where you give someone a championship, you know, two hundred times and not be able to really let a person run with a championship. You know, Charlotte uh, deserves all the accolades that she gets. I think that she's very good. This past week on Monday Night Raw, I didn't think she was very good. I didn't think that match was very good. But Charlotte's very good. She's a natural. Absolutely. Um, as Rick has told me, Rick Flair told me, he's like, yeah, she's better than me. She has more moves than I do. She's more of a gifted natural athlete than I am, and that says a lot. Uh, Rick told me that in an interview not too long ago. So, um, no, my opinion of Charlotte Flair is that she's a very solid wrestler. She's a great, greatest of all time. No, I don't think so. I don't think she's the greatest of all time. I think that she can get there for sure. But the thing is, is that I need to see her with even uh, against other opponents, more opponents, that if you're going to really be serious about this women's division, you continue to crank out more women to come into the company. Uh, not just the same women that you see all the time. That means that you're pulling up more women from NXT, NXT UK, and let's see how Charlotte fares against those women as well. Uh, but, you know, this the company, WWE, is blessed to have so many solid wrestlers from the women's division. Natalia is one of those people that I should put on this list. Is she just gets set to the side, but she's very good at what she does. Uh, Asuka is very good. So, best of all time, no, but as good as some of the other really solid workers uh, on the women's side for the WWE, that is for sure. Teddy Z from Hammond says... Will live fan reaction drive or kill some of these stories? Even though Mustafa Ali has sounded good with the heel opportunity, I can only imagine fan reaction to Retribution would be apathetic. Um, yeah, I think that a number of things will change once we start seeing fans into the stands. Like, for instance, you're not going to see people just appear and disappear on your television. You're not going to see that. The only way that happened with Bray Wyatt is when they cut the cam- cut the lights off and then he hit under the ring or whatever he did, but he escaped when they darkened the ring and then he left. Um, what I saw at the end of Raw on the 18th of January was nonsense. Nonsense. Um, that matchup did nothing for Asuka, right? <laughs> it did nothing for Asuka. And I'm watching... The end of Raw. And I'm thinking, well, what the hell's going on here? Asuka is a quality wrestler. And she's just standing there saying, wait a minute. What happened? Alexa Bliss just changed outfits, changed makeup. And now, all of a sudden, someone who's five foot nothing, barely, 100 pounds or nothing, um, is now she's just unbelievable. Now she, you can't beat her. Now you can't get around her. It just that stuff just does not fly in the arenas. It's just not believable. For the little TV, they want to do that. That's fine. But some of this nonsense that you see, yeah, I think fans will, even though they'll be happy to get back into the arena, I don't think they'll appreciate that much at all. Um, it's because it's just weird. Um, Ali, yeah, he's he's got a real great opportunity. But retribution sucks. It just does. 
just uh, I mean, just the whole thing of it, it just does not make sense. There's a number of young wrestlers that they could have used, veteran wrestlers they could have used, that could be able to get this over a lot better than what they did. They just put together a number of wrestlers, and it just it does not work for me. It just doesn't. Um, Tess says, finally, when WWE creative put uh, the burn mask on Orton, did they realize that he looked like a pathetic version of El Santo? Yeah, I know. It's like it's like a destroyer mask, right? It's like a cheap, not even a great mask, just a cheap-looking mask on Randy Orton after he was burned by Alexa Bliss. Uh, yes, I have been watching AEW. Yeah, I've been watching it. Uh, nothing much to report yet. <laughs> nothing much to report yet. There's a Snoop Dogg uh, trying to come off the top rope. That's very strange. Yeah, AEW's got to straighten out their storylines in 2021. Simple as that. Um, but we'll talk more about that moving forward because here's a question here from Jay. Jay says, how serious of a threat is AWTNA to the WWE? So the alliance of all elite wrestling and impact wrestling to the WWE. Well, AEW is already a threat by themselves to the WWE because this is a company here that's beating NXT every single Wednesday. Outside of a few shows... AEW, for the most part, is dominating the NXT brand. And so they're already a threat. So now the combination of AEW and TNA, or Impact Wrestling. So when I first started to see this, and I thought, okay, so AEW is getting in bed with Impact Wrestling. I said, first question I had was, uh, why? Why is this happening? Why does this have to happen now? Right? Because Impact Wrestling struggles to get viewers under 150,000 under 200,000 for sure viewers every Tuesday night because everybody doesn't have access TV and not to say Impact Wrestling is bad but Impact Wrestling for me from the times I've watched it it still searches to try to find out who they are right a hybrid of the Monday Night Wars hybrid of ECW you have to be able to find your niche. That's what it feels like as far as the backstage interviews. The in-ring stuff is pretty solid for uh, Impact Wrestling. But I just thought, okay, Don Callis and his alliance with Kenny Omega, and then maybe the Good Brothers are part of this now, so it's now it's the Good Brothers. They're being involved with Kenny Omega and maybe the Young Bucks, and we'll see how that all develops. But trying to put together... Something uh, like that is interesting. It is bringing more wrestlers under the tent. But AEW themselves has a large roster. A number of wrestlers that are not out there every other week. There's like I could have swore that FTR was off TV for, if not two, three weeks on their Dynamite show. It's like, well, if you can't get the best tag team on your TV... One week for interviews, one week for wrestling. One week for interviews, one week for wrestling. If you can't do that, that's a problem. There's a lot of talented young wrestlers that need ring time. Not on AEW Dark. I'm talking about where it really counts. On on TNT. They need to be held. And you got to be able to have your five best storylines to get people involved. And sometimes it just kind of just goes away. It just, it just It's very strange, this first year plus for uh, Tony Khan. Because you want to be able to have your best wrestlers out there, your main storylines. And you don't want to have wrestlers just that's just forgotten about. That won't work. 
So as far as TNA is concerned, or Impact Wrestling, um, seeing Rich Swan, seeing Kenny Omega in there, seeing the Good Brothers, and seeing that roster, um, there's some good wrestlers to watch for Impact Wrestling. But now you don't want a war, for per se. You don't want to have a war between the two companies. But also you don't want to have your AEW talent be left behind. So, you know, as far as the WWE is concerned, that's not the problem because AEW's winning their matchup against a WWE show in NXT every wins. That's not the problem. Problem is that you don't want to weaken your AEW roster by confusing the marketplace by saying, well, here comes some Impact Wrestling, Impact Wrestling uh, performers. And it's like, if you're an AEW fan, it's like, so I got to watch Tuesday and Wednesday? So I won't jump the gun. All I'm doing is defending the AEW roster that's already there. The AEW roster that needs to be able to have ring time. The AEW roster that you want to be able to say, okay, I'm really firmly invested in this wrestler or this tag team or whatever. So that's that's my whole thing with that, Jay. Um, Steve Aaron says, is the Goldberg storyline the dumbest thing that you've seen in a while? And... Uh, even though Randy and The Fiend are doing okay story-wise, is Alexa the real winner? Probably. I, I guess I guess she is. She was already over. I don't know why she's got She's in this situation here with uh, The Fiend. She was already over before that, but whatever. The storyline for Goldberg is just, as I mentioned at the beginning, Steve, it's just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you have a roster filled with, with superstars, but yet Goldberg gets a chance to be on top. It's, it's not making the company one more dime. No one's going to look at it and say, oh, my God, Goldberg, he's going to take on Drew McIntyre. I guess, nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. You care about Drew McIntyre because you want to see him develop and get better. Uh, but Goldberg on top does nothing for me as a wrestling fan. So it just, again, as I, I made the parallel, imagine the Attitude Era, and the Attitude Era wrestlers would have to take on wrestlers 20 years before them the 1977 roster taking on the 1997 roster. That wouldn't make any sense, right? Yeah, I don't think so either. All right, everybody. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And don't forget to catch me on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show, 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Don't forget to support and share this podcast. Let people know that Jonathan Talks Wrestling, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. This this podcast cannot grow without you. You listening, but also you sharing as well. Don't be selfish with your wrestling. Don't be selfish with your wrestling podcast. Share it. Let people know. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday out of Chicago. It's the best. All right. Thanks so much for your support as always. We'll talk next time with another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. <laughs>